Chapter 39 Shri Sai Satcharita Almost the entire chapter is devoted to the explanation of verse 34 Chapter 4 of the Bhagavad Gita The verses Tatvidi prani patena pari prashna asevaya updekshanti te jnanam jnanena tatvadarshana which means just try to learn the truth by approaching a spiritual master and inquire from him submissively and render service unto him the self realized soul can impart knowledge unto you because he has seen the truth once nana saheb was massaging baba's feet and was softly singing this verse this was during the earlier years when the crowds had not yet started coming to shirdi in droves baba asked him what he was mumbling so chandarkar oblivious of baba's expertise and proficiency in sanskrit repeats the verse aloud with a great deal of pride then baba asks him to explain the verse to him but most importantly for us devotees baba explains the guru shishya relationship and how to do seva to him baba said seva is not an ordinary massage you must surrender tan man dhan body mind and possessions you must not feel that you are rendering service to the master your body already surrendered is the master's property and you must feel no merit is in it i am merely making the body which is yours serve you that is seva pari prashna and prani peta where similarly explained to show how thara must be the spirit of surrender and the spirit of earnestness pranipata must be shashtanga dandavat like a stick falling down you must feel that you are nothing you are only a zero the guru is everything and therefore thorough humility is involved in pranipata pariprashna means an earnest questioning and repeatedly questioning that is questioning is carried out one up to the point of getting full and complete enlightenment impressed upon you this is pariprashna it is not merely putting questions with the view of trapping the master and catching him in some mistake or simply asking him for the fun of it that was the beautiful explanation that baba gave the rest of the chapter is about the dream that shama and gopal rao butti had simultaneously about the construction of the samadhi mandir or buttiwada with the temple in the main hall so 
a plan was drawn and Dikshit also approved of it. Then, with Baba's permission, the cellar and the well was completed. Baba, on his way to and from Lendibag, also made some suggestions and they were carried out immediately. Thus, Baba skillfully and quietly got the work done and there he rested upon taking Mahasamadhi. Now I shall narrate a few Leelas where Baba guides the devotees and helps them spiritually and to correctly live their lives according to the Bhagavad. Leela number 1 Atiti Deva Bhava I shall narrate another instance where Nana's pride of learning received a good shock. Nana was observing the Vedic injunction that at every meal he should prepare the Vaishvadeva food and after offering it to God wait for an Atiti that is a guest should eat before he sat down for his meals. Nana was in so many camps and waiting and yet he never found an Atiti or guest. So one day he thought how could the Vedas give such an erroneous injunction? With that thought upmost in his mind he went to Baba. Though he did not utter it Baba himself started the subject. Baba said Yes, the devil they will come. You think that Atitis will come wherever you go? But you do not look for the Atitis when they do come. Yes, Baba, I want to know how that is so, said Nana. Then Baba answered, The mistake is not in the Vedas. The mistake is in your interpretation of the Veda. An Atiti is not necessarily a person who is a Brahmin by birth and who will come to your quarters and sit and have a meal with you. After your puja is over, take some food out in your hand and leave it in some corner and thousands of Atitis will be coming one after another, each in his own due course and partake of it. They are asses, dogs, flies, ants. To you, they do not look like Atitis, but they are Atitis, for God is in all of them. If you do this, the Vedic injunction is satisfied and you will obtain and acquire Punya. Nana felt duly humbled by saying that Baba gave an interpretation which made the Vedas sensible. Baba also asked Nana to leave the food outside without crying out or calling for anyone. Thus Nana not only got a valuable addition to his knowledge of samsaric duty but also got some more humility in finding that Baba could give an interpretation which made the Vedas sensible. Leela number 2 
the sage must have equality of vision. Eleventh Skanda of the Bhagavata says the sage must have equality of vision and should not eulogize the doers or utterers of good, nor decry the doers or utterers of evil. Thus Ganu Maharaj was a very severe critic and occasionally uttered words and wounded the hearts of others and produced other evil effects. On one occasion, he had used hard words on an defamatory language against a devotee living in Shirdi who had done splendid work to make Sai Sansthan highly attractive and who drew numerous influential and other people to Baba's feet. When Das Ganu Maharaj vented one of his frequent abuses against the devotee, Baba sent for him and pointed out that the work of attracting devotees to Baba's feet was rightly prized and practiced by Das Ganu himself on a vast scale, and yet he was defaming a person who carried on the same work, and he thereby hindered the work. Baba thus made him acknowledge his error and insisted upon his prostrating himself before that devotee and begging his pardon. So Das Ganu adopted that advice and prostrated himself before that devotee and prayed for pardon. He thus gained more self-control and more humility, and also noted with appreciation the value of the lesson taught in Bhagavata 11th Skanda as described above. Leela number 3 God is within all creatures and humans. Srimad Bhagavata Chapter 4 Verse 22 to 23. It says, O Parvati, when wise ones go out to greet, bow, and prostrate to each other, in their hearts they do these to the Supreme, the Great One, the Parapurusha, dwelling in the hearts, and not the man who thinks himself to be his body. In the pure Sattva Guna called Vasudeva, there is the soul or the Purusha, that is, personal God. In that Sattva, my mind pictures Bhagwan, Vasudev or God. Shiva, in effect, advises us thus, mentally, fancy that God is inside each being and make your mental pranams to that being. Or person. So various devotees of Sai Baba like Kashinath have been directed by him to adopt this process of mentally conceiving Sainath as being within each creature they meet. For instance, a young man went out one night and under a tree saw an evil spirit or ghost and hastily returned. Baba the next day asked him what he saw. The young man answered, I saw an evil spirit. 
Baba said, No, it was I. The person answered again that he saw an evil spirit. Then Baba said, Go to your mother and ask her. The man went to his mother and she told him that Baba is in every creature, evil spirit or good spirits and therefore Baba wants you to remember that He is in everything and that you need not fear anything. Similarly, when Baba passed away from or took Mahasamadhi in 1918, Lakshmi was praying, Baba, should you not show yourself to me and come and came out in the dark from the mosque on her way there was a snake. At once she said, Baba, if you come to me in this form, as a snake, what am I to do? In spite of the terrible form of the snake, she was able to picture Baba within the snake and pray to it. This is the practice commended by Baba even to those who are on the lowest rung of the ladder, those who are capable of achieving the highest aim find that Baba's advice or lesson is far from patent and easily achieved by yogic means. If you dip yourself by layer in God constantly, then you feel that you are a part and parcel of God. Bhagavad Gita, Chapter 9, Verse 32 to 33. Similarly, everything is part and parcel of God. The dog, the snake and everything is a manifestation of that sacred force that you call God and, if so realized, it will really react on you like God. Stand still before a snake, worship it as God and it will never bite you. Stand before an evil spirit and say, Thou art Brahma, the evil spirit will not harm you. The very moment you are thinking that everything is God, your spirit is part of God. You cease to be in your body and no harm shall befall you. This is the most valuable teaching and training that Baba gave under the headache of Cosmic Feeling of Godhead. Now, I finally will narrate a little about that incredible devotee Gopal Rao Mukundrao Bhutti, who built a small house so that he and his family could stay in there whenever they visited Shirdi. Then he did an amazing act of leasing his Haveli to the Sai Baba Sangsthan as the Samadhi Mandir, so that you and I could attend Artis and have Baba's Darshan in comfort. But most mind-boggling is the fact that the Vada was leased for rupees 8 per year up to this date. It is only befitting to talk about him during the month of Ashwin 
as devotees around the world are celebrating the sara and baba's mahasamadhi on vijay dasami unfortunately very little is written about this great devotee his ancestors lived in sitabardi nagpur the surname was garzale legend has it that gopal rao's grandfather was a shrewd but kind businessman who worked for the bosle royal family when raguji raje bosle died the british seized and annexed their regime their enormous wealth gold precious stones along with elephants horses and bulls were auctioned off at a pittance sadashiv bought a lot of the gold and gems and further enhanced the wealth that the family already had thus he earned the name butte which in english stands for loot the family business was mainly money lending and banking though they were wealthy and business minded they did a lot of philanthropic work they were just and had cordial relations with the rich and poor butte's father mukundrao was very spiritual and religious the ishta devat was krishna and all the religious festivals were celebrated with a great deal of pomp and show Mukundrao's guru was Gajanan Maharaj of Shekau and the Maharaj often visited their home They were charak brahmins of the Shandilya Gotra The annals of charak brahmins have featured their family very prominently Vivid descriptions of their philanthropy and social deeds are mentioned therein They built dharmshalas goshalas schools and dispensaries and gave monetary help to poets and writers and pandits gopal rao was born in 1873 in sitabardi nagpur and was the youngest of three brothers his father had a great influence on him at the tender age of 15 or 16 he would return home after washing his hands and feet would take darshan of gajanan maharaj thus gopal rao was very cultured highly educated and studied in manchester uk for some time and had a love for poetry reading and was fond of saints he married a girl from the khandelwal kar family who was cultured and educated they had three sons gopal rao and his wife did their share of philanthropic deeds gopal rao helped the historian neelkant s khore kadam and published his books on indian history and the commentary on shri krishna leela amrit narayan vaman tilak was a poet and they welcomed him to stay in their home and gave him a portion of their haveli so that he could carry on writing undisturbed sakaram bhidhumal 
took Bhutti to Shirdi around 1908. Bhutti was overwhelmed by Baba's divine personality and was changed for life. He made frequent visits to Shirdi, often with his family, and there were only two wadas for staying. So, he decided to build a small wada for himself and his family. The rest is history. He built the wada that Baba lovingly called Dagdi Wada, which is now the Samandhi Mandir. Details are given in the Sri Sai Sacharita chapter 39. Numerous leelas about Gopal Rao are given in the Sri Sai Sacharita. If each and every one is mentioned, it will be a small booklet. Gopal Rao, though extremely wealthy and educated, was meek and humble. Before Baba, he just humbly looked at Baba's feet and was forever silent. Once an astrologer came for Baba's darshan, he handed a book on astrology to Baba, hoping he would return it with his blessings. Baba, however, handed the book to Bhutti. Although Bhutti did not know astrology, still he read it as Baba had given it to him. Soon he became proficient in astrology and many of the devotees came to him for consultations and his predictions proved true. Unfortunately, after a short illness, Bhutti took Samadhi in 1927 at the tender age of 45. The illness had ravaged his body and he could not bear it anymore. Just before his death, he felt better for about two days. At once, he called Shama, as he had intense faith in him. And Baba had said, Keep Madhav Rao with you. It is as good as keeping me with you. Gopal Rao was extremely happy to see Shama and he said, I hope Baba takes me away soon. I know you very well. If you are nearby, then Baba is nearby. Then he placed his head on Shama's feet. Tears of joy rolled down his cheeks and happily he breathed his last. Many valuable lessons can be learnt from Bhutti's life. For me, it is mind-boggling that he did not put up a plaque or a signboard proclaiming it to be Bhuttiwada or Bhutti Haveli. Nor did he bother to proclaim that he donated it to the Shride Sai Baba Samstha. In 1917, Bhutti spent lakhs of money to build his home or the Samadhi Mandir and quietly leased it to the Sai Baba Samsthan so that Baba's devotees could have darshan in peace. This is a short account of his life. And this concludes the commentary on the chapter. Om Sai Ram